Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the football podcast, and we might be a man short, but the content is nonetheless. We've got football reviews of games gone past, we've got football previews of games to come, a little bit of football news, and uh, a roundup of everything going on in the football world. While I've got you, and before we get started, please, please, please do consider subscribing. It means the world to us. You can do it wherever you get your podcast. doesn't matter where you get it. As long as you're clicking that subscribe button, that's awesome. Right, let's get going. So here we go. This is CookieCast, football podcast. Recording in progress. There you go. Recording in progress. Can only mean one thing. It's that time of the week. And by that time of the week, it can only be football time. But which football? And for you eagle-eyed YouTube watchers, you'll notice that... Um, one of our collective is not here. Because he's been assassinated. No, that's not true, is it? No. Uh, yes, Stuart Mansi is poly, poly, poly sick, so he will not be in attendance. However, his predictions will be. So, basically, it's like he's here. Uh, we're talking round ball, which is football. So, Paul, the, the, the host who has all of the most, will talk us through the start of this. Thank you very much, Andrew. You're not wrong. Uh, yes, that is correct, ladies and gentlemen. It is indeed... You know, a weekly dose of football nonsense, um, slightly smaller than usual whole bias. As uh, obviously, as we've discussed, our our brethren is not uh, is not able to join us this week, and uh, obviously, we wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, and I dare say he will be listening to the podcast to uh, catch up on what he's missed out on. Which is obviously us predicting Hull to get beaten. Uh, but we'll come to that later on. Uh, yeah, so, another week, another batch of games to discuss. So let's uh, dive straight in from last week's games, Mr Cook. Last week's games look a little something like this. Some interesting goings on in last week's games. I nearly short-changed Stu by a point. A whole point, I nearly short-changed him. And then I was like... You're an idiot. Speaking of Stu, what 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 would only be the way with him not being here is if uh, his team was up first. So Hull City versus Fulham was the first game of the week. Uh, as he's not here, does anybody want to take his score duties, or should I just read from the book? Well, we uh, we can we can go into a little bit of backstory. Not not particularly football related, but slightly football related, I suppose. We were uh, we were sat in the pub, um, and uh, we were each checking our phones and watches and whatnot because we were assuming that something was wrong with the Sky Sports app or the BBC Sport website, as uh, forty minutes or so had gone in the whole game and it was still nil nil. Because we were obviously under the assumption that Hull uh, Hull would be at least four 
four or five goals down by half time. But that was not the case. That was not the case, Andrew. I believe that Hull actually managed to cover themselves in a little bit of glory by only getting beaten 1 0 by that Fulham. Is correct, according to my book. Do you know? I can't got... think you've scored though. It was Mitrovic. Probably some, uh, probably some absolute no name who's never played in the championship before. Oh no, that's right. It was. Yeah. Uh, it was of course Alexander Mitrovic, uh, equaling the championship record of thirty-one goals in a season in February. Yes, he's performed a. Uh, he's performed a Cooper Cup, some might say. Um. So. As Paul said, some people thought that it would be four or five goals to nil. Well done to Hull for for doing it, just doing the one nil. Um, I just doing just doing a one goal loss. I predicted one nil to Hull to Hull. So you know, I was in I was in the ballpark. Um, you gentlemen, you were in a ballpark. Sadly, that ballpark was a baseball the baseball park, park so. rather than the football. Yes, you gentlemen all predicted Hull to get slaughtered. Uh, so that's points all round for you all. And um, I'm surprised that you all put down Mitrovic to score a goal or two or three. So uh, points there, gentlemen. So uh, everybody starts the week with two points. Apart from me, who starts away with nothing. I think something's gone a little bit wrong. But it's okay, because Middlesbrough will sort out the score by going up against Derby County. Quiet game, this one, wasn't it, Paul? Not much, not, much, not a lot went on. I mean, you can, you can say that, um, we 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 didn't have the problem of oh no the Sky Sports website must be broken with this game as notifications going off left right and centre ping 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 ping, ping, ping. and uh, it's it's the it's the game that uh, obviously I'm, I'm I'd, I'd go out on a limb to say I would presume that neither Matt nor Stu particularly care when Borough win. Unless, of course, they've predicted the goal scorers, in which case they'll go, well, they'll be uh, nice and happy. However, on this occasion, this was one of those games where the more Borough scored, the happier every person on the podcast became, because it was against Derby, who no one on the podcast likes. So uh, we were all thoroughly, thoroughly ecstatic to see that Middlesbrough managed to rack up four goals to Derby's one goal. For a 4-1 win. It indeed was a 4-1 win. Um, do you have the four Middlesbrough goal scorers to hand? Certainly do. The first was an own goal from Lee Buchanan. I mean, own, own goals for own goals against Derby are just, they're just they're all the sweeter. They just taste... They make the, they make the victory taste even better. Uh, the second was a first Middlesbrough goal for Aaron Connolly. Uh, third was Matt Crooks, who is a name that people on the podcast will have heard a lot of this season, as he's uh, he's he's got a fair old few goals. Um, those first three goals came in the first half, 
Uh, and then there was a goal right at the end of the game by Duncan Watmore. The Derby equaliser at the time was scored by Max Bird. So there you go, 4-1 to the Borough. Everybody correctly predicted Middlesbrough to win, but nobody correctly predicted the score because, let's face it, it was 4-1. Uh, so, point for everybody. Then it takes a bit of a turn because Paul did not predict any goal scorers correctly. Stu did also not predict any goal scorers correctly. Matt, you predicted Crooks. So you get the one. No surprises, I also predicted Crooks. So I get one from that as well. So uh, a one, a one, a two and a two. Speaking of a two and a two, we're going down the road to Nottingham Forest versus Stoke City. Matthew. So yeah, as uh, as you kind of hinted towards, this was a two-all draw, um, and judging by the reports, it was pretty kind of quite a feisty game, quite an even game, uh, kind of switching between the two. Um, <clears throat> but Forrest got, uh, I think, no, honestly, can't remember. So well, I can't remember how, what the order it was. I think it was Stoke went one nil ahead. Forest equalised, or Forest went one nil ahead, and Stoke equalised. Then Stoke took the lead from a penalty um, after the Forest goalkeeper got sent off. For, I mean, I've seen it now. It's stupid, but also, I mean, the player going down because he got a slap in the face is a joke. Um, <sighs> It's one of those things where I, think, I said it to Paul at the time and Stu at the time. It's been coming because in the in the derby game the other week, Samba was was nothing short of a prick to be honest. And uh, you know he had a rush of blood to the head the other week when Forest conceded against Leicester, and he's just been like on one for the past month of just like complaining all the time and stuff like that. And it's just it's kind of not not very not very becoming of. Anybody, we have low standards of footballers at times, and you know it was even lower than that. So he got sent off. Joe Worrell, who's the club captain and defender and a defender, because Forrest had used up all their subs, went in the net. Obviously conceded the goal immediately, uh, but then right at the end of the match, um, Joe, uh, yeah, Joe Garner hit the James Garner hit the uh, crossbar, and everyone's. Favorite battling midfield fielder popped up with a header for the equaliser. So two each. Ryan Yates put him one in. It was two apiece, and a weird one for scores because Paul had Forrest down to win. So no points. But Johnson to score, so one point. I nearly screwed Stu out of a point in this game because I was like, oh, he's put 1-1 one, one down. So he doesn't get any points. And I was like, hang on a minute, he's predicted a, a draw, so he does get a point. But then didn't predict any goal scorers. So one point. Matt, 
you had Forrest down to win, so no points there, but you predicted Yates to score. What? So points there. I had Forrest down to win, no points. But if you think I'm not putting Johnson down to score a goal, think again. So everybody managed to get one point out of this game in a multitude of different ways. Utter madness. It's very hard to keep track of, Andrew. Very hard. If only there was a book with all of it written down. And even with it all written down, I still managed to fluff it. Um, (laughs) If anybody's interested at this point in time... We're staring down the barrel of Paul on four, Stu on four, Matt on five, myself is on three, but it's okay, that's not the end of the games, so this is where it's all decided, all the points are going to change, because we've got a bonus game, Sheffield United going up against Hull City, and the goals just Goal fiesta. A goal fiesta is right, Paul. I mean, I needed a not only a calculator but abacus and all. I had to take my socks off so I could use my fingers and toes to get the goals. And you know what's coming. That's right. It was a nil-nil draw. So uh, all of the points that would have been gained from all of the predictions was uh, was no. And uh, yeah, you don't get any uh, goal scorers for. For, for no goals scored, so uh, nobody got any points there. So uh, a four for Paul, a four for Stu, little old me on three, winning the week with five points, Mister Matthew Moore. Congratulations to you, sir. Well done. I must turn to York to do my predictions. <laughs> there you go. You see. Right, Paul, where next? Uh, well, I'll tell you what, we, we sort of, we, we, we switched it up last week and did the This Week in Football first and then the predictions. So let's, let's, let's go back to the old fashioned, shall we? And we'll do our predictions for this upcoming week and then we'll have a little talk about what's happened this week in football. Spoiler alert, not that much. Really? Really. Okay. So... As previously mentioned and re- re-mentioned, uh, Mr. Woodmancy is not here with us this week due to uh, illness, but it hasn't affected his, his texting digits, so he has sent me full predictions for the games. Um, I, will, I will point out at this point in time, I'd already put my predictions in the book before we have to go down that route. AFC Bournemouth go up against Nottingham Forest. Our first of six games to predict. Uh, Matt will pick last. Myself and Stu are already in the book. So it's only fair that Paul goes first. No? This is one of those tricky games because obviously Bournemouth are in the top two. Forrester just outside the playoffs. 
So it's one of those ones where, from a Borough perspective, it would be ideal if both teams could conspire to lose this game. Um, but it would make more sense, I suppose, from a promotion perspective if Forest won. So, I'm going to go with my optimistic hat. And I'm going to go for a narrow nil one Forest win. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. And I, I, I fancy a BJ, Andy. That's right, I fancy a Brennan Johnson goal. You need a shower and a BJ, not necessarily in that order. Okay, so your prediction is set in stone. Or written on paper. Stu has gone with a 1-1 draw with Solanke scoring for Bournemouth. And Colback scoring for Forrest. I reckon Forrest can get this done. So I've gone with a 1-2. I've also gone with Solanke, Johnson and Zinkenagel to score for Forrest. So Matt just up to you to tell us what's really going to happen in this game. I've gone the opposite way to everybody else. I've gone to for a 2-1 Bournemouth win. Um, and Solanke and Dembele score for Bournemouth. Okay. And Davis to score the consolation for Forrest. Oh... Okay, then. Obviously, we've got up next Podcast Derby. Bristol City taking on Middlesbrough. Paul, you will pick last. Myself and Stu are already in the book. And Matt, you picked last, so why don't you go first? I'm going for Desmond, 2 2. Oof. Okay. From Vyman. And Martin to score for Bristol City. Okay. I'm going to go a brace for the new boys, Connolly and Balligan. Get the Borough goals. Okay, I've gone with Middlesbrough to absolutely smash this 2 0. Crooks and Sporar. Stu reckons Middlesbrough are also getting it done 1 0. With Balogun scoring the goal. So, Paul. I also agree with you, Andrew. I believe it will be a 2-0 Middlesbrough win. Oof, love it. Uh, and I'll sort of combine yours and Matt's scorers, I think. I'll go for Crooks and Balogun. Okay, okay. The Queen's Park Rangers, as known by their friends, QPR. Taking on Hull City. He's not here, and if he was, he'd be going last. So I will read his prediction last. Tell you what, it's 1-1 for me. Adoma scoring for QPR. And he likes the cereal. That's right. The Honeyman getting Hull's goal. 
Matt? I've gone with, apologies to Stu, a 2-1 victory for QPR. Okay. Uh, with Austin and Willock scoring, QPR, and Lewis Potter scoring for Okay. Paul? This is another one where ideally could uh, could do with the podcast home team getting the result uh, as QPR are above more in the uh, in the league so I could do with a whole win I don't think it's going to happen though sadly uh, I think they're a bit too strong for all the minutes I'm going to go for a 2-0 QPR win Okay. I would like to go for Chair and Dykes to get the goals Okay, so um, Stu agrees with you, Paul. 2-0 to QPR. Odebayjo. And also Dykes scoring those goals. But wait, there's more. Back-to-back Hull games. Hull City versus the most... Yorkshire Town there is Barnsley I'm going in I'm going in boys 1-0 to Hull KLP I've been laying off him for a while Um, but he's back and he's scoring goals Paul uh, I will go for a narrow 1-0 Hull win and I'm just checking to see if a guy still actually plays for them. I'm going to presume that Malik Wilkes is injured because in, in the squad, I wasn't in the squad for the last game and I don't think I've heard him score in about 8 years. So I will go for Fours to get the goal. Okay, Matt. I've gone to make it up. I've gone a two-one win for Hull. Nice. With uh, the Holy Man and uh, Syed Manesh. Okay. For Hull and Woodrow for Barnsley. Okay, uh, Stu went with 1-0, Hull win, KLP scoring the goal. Middlesbrough are going up against West Bromwich Albion. Paul, you will pick last. Um, Tell you what, I'll tell you what I went with. 1-0 to the Borough. And I've been trying to bring the trying to bring the old boys back. So what more to score? Um, Stu has gone the other way. Nil one. So West Brom beating Hull with Grant scoring a goal. Matt. I've gone two one to the Borough. The Baggies won't like that journey. Crooks and Sparrow. Borough and Hugel, Jordan Hugel 
Well, he didn't play for you a lot, did he? He's at Cardiff. Oh, how did I do that? Um, he, was, he was on loan at West Brom, but he had his loan cancelled and then he's gone to Cardiff. Oh, man. Uh, if it makes any difference, they do have Adam Reach, who used to play for Borough, and they've also just signed Andy Carroll. Oh, Andy Carroll. Go on, then. Paul, what's really going down in the Borough game? Uh, so, Borough have just come off the back of a sixth consecutive win at the Riverside, and the old, the old adage, all good things must come to an end. Uh, I believe it will. I'll go for a 1-1 draw. Okay. Uh, and I'll go for Dyke Steele to score for the Borough. And sadly, I do think it will be our friend, Andy Beanpole Carroll, who gets the goal for West Brom. Okay. One game to predict, and that game is the PNE Preston North End going up against Nottingham Forest. Again, this is the point in time I'd like to uh, point out I had written my predictions in the book before getting Stu's, but Stu with with a 1 2 with Archer scoring for Preston and Johnson with a brace. Uh, spoilers, uh, I went with a 1-2 with Evans scoring for the PNA and uh, Johnson and Zinkenagel scoring for Forrest. Paul. 1-1, one, one, please. Scorers. Yeah, I thought you were going to ask me that. Uh, for Forrest... Stick me down for uh, Spence. Preston. For Preston, Daniel Johnson. Okay, Matt. I am followed Stu with a two-one to Forest. And um, I believe speak Forest losing losing points into existence with these predictions. Um, with Reese Gibson scoring for Preston and Garner and Zinkenagel for Forest. That's it. Six mighty games predicted for the upcoming week. We're going to talk a little bit of news, but first, a small intermission. Time for, time for you to get popcorn and a drink, and we will be straight back. Recording in progress. It is, she's right. Allegedly. Uh, you know, maybe it isn't like all those other times. So, we've predicted games, we've reviewed games, all that's left to do is talk about this week in football uh, from a news perspective. So, what's been the, 
the happy hap in the football world. Bit of a slow week, to be honest with you. Uh, the, there's only a couple of things that I've got, and one of them is more of a uplifting-y type sort of thing. So we'll finish with that. But obviously, um, to, to date the podcast slightly, um, this, this week is the beginning of the knockout rounds of the Champions League and Europa League and Conference League, but obviously no one gives any sort of a shit about that. Um, and then last night was PSG versus Real Madrid in what a lot of people were classing as Kylian Mbappe's audition for his eventual and inevitable move to Real Madrid on a free in the summer transfer window. Um, and uh, he didn't disappoint by scoring a 94th minute winner, um, which I was actually watching live and uh, had a bet on for him to score the first goal. And so I was like, oh yeah, lovely. Very nice. Well played, Killian. Well that'll, uh, that'll, uh, that'll add another couple of zeros to the end of the check that they don't have to write for you in the summer. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, was it was one of those annoying situations where I was watching the PSG versus uh, Real Madrid game and kept kept getting constant reminders that in the other game that was being played at the time, Man City were just scoring five goals. So yeah, annoying that I missed a lot of goals, but on paper that was the game to watch. But yeah, he's uh, he's, he's he's quite the player. And obviously he was in a he was in the same team as Messi, who managed to miss a penalty. So I uh, sent my friends a text saying uh, Messi doing his best Ronaldo impression. Of course, this was on the same night when Ronaldo was scoring for Man United. However, so uh, so that's that's kind of it really. Um, however, to bring the mood up slightly, but in a kind of awe and uh, slightly heartbreaking way. Uh, there is a article on Sky Sports which is entitled Swindon Fan 6 whose mum can't afford food gives 26 pence to favourite player. Swindon Town Fan Joe, aged 6, writes heartwarming letter to his favourite club. Mummy doesn't have any money to come to Swindon games because she has no money for food and has to pay for my dinner at school. Swindon Town are on the search for a six-year-old fan who wrote to the club saying his mum has no money for food and still donated 26 pence to his favourite player. The club piled a request on Twitter to track down the writer of the letter who referred to himself only as Joe and gave his age as six and a half years old but left no return address. In his letter he wrote, Mummy doesn't have any money to come to Swindon Games because she has no money for food and has to pay for my dinner at school. Attached to his handwritten correspondence he attached a 20p 5p and a penny to donate to forward Harry McCurdy who joined the club last summer and scored their only goal in an FA Cup defeat to Man City last month. The note has gone viral since it was shared by Swindon on their official Twitter account on Tuesday evening where the club said they would love to get in touch with Joe with numerous offers of financial support for Joe's family and the Just Giving page which has already hit its £1,000 target established. I'll play to the old football family there. It just does. It definitely goes to show that, like, yeah, fair enough. Everyone knows that in the in the sort of in the s- small sample size, footballers are 
you know, hugely overpaid, um, you know, they make questionable decisions most of the time, um, and they're not, sometimes they're not the role models that they probably should be, and stuff like that, but, uh, yeah, massive sort of, massive props to Swindon there for not just sort of letting that one be swept under the rug. I mean, I, I would presume it's one of a number of letters that they get on a, on a weekly basis from young fans and stuff like that, but very rarely will they get ones with money attached to them and stuff like that. So, yeah. I think, like, you know, I mean, obviously when we talked about it, when it was going on, when we were talking about the European Super League and we talked about killing grassroots football or killing lower league football. I think that's why that is important, the kind of the lower league football, because they do still have that sense of community as opposed to clubs that go higher up through the divisions. And you see, like every it always, it always cracks me up when you watch Match of the Day because they have to have their weekly thing on where they're doing their football in the community stuff and the, the players there. You know, and I know it's COVID and stuff like that. But he's like, oh, look, Kevin De Bruyne joined this school in Manchester via Zoom. You know, so he's tagged it on the end of his training session to go and sit in there for 10 minutes. And it's kind of like, <clears throat> you know, I've, I've kind of spoke about it before. You know, when I was at, there's a, there's a photo of my mum and dad's house of me with Stuart Pearce. And that was because every season, at the start of every season, Forest, all the Forest players after, after training would go and sit under the exec stand or the uh, Brian Clough stand as it's now known at Forest and they would sign autographs for three or four hours and some of them looked thoroughly fed up but on the whole they sat there and they'd talk to you and they'd sign autographs and then you'd go back the next year like I did with my photo with Stuart Pearce and he you know first time he went is this you because obviously I'd grown significantly in the year in between Oh, yeah, it's definitely me. All oh, right, okay. Kind of thing, you know, they laugh and joke about you kind of thing. Oh, yeah, you must be nearly as tall as me now compared to last year. Kind of, you know, like they made jokes like that. And I think there still is that spirit further down, like in your League 1, in your League 2, possibly in the Championship. But I think it's kind of going in this kind of era of, like, players not staying um, at clubs for a long time. And, you know, this kind of push to get better and better and better, that, you know, there's not there's not as much that community side of things. Um, and I know it's slightly different because they're very rich people and there's weirdos and, on this planet that kind of want to do damage to people who are better, more famous than them or better at football than them. But I think, like, that kind of thing that a club is trying to reach out to a, ch- to a child that, you know, it's a, it's a shame that God that the they, you know, he has he has to write a heartbreaking letter like that. But hopefully, kind of can get in touch with him and you know provide them with the support that they need. Um, yeah, but it, is, it did did make me kind of chuckle when I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll always be first up to say that it'd be nice. It'd be nice to see you know. Things like the bigger clubs um, and the and the the very well paid footballers doing just that little bit more, you know, week in week out. Um, but yeah, good on him for uh, for trying to seek him out and help out and stuff. And uh, yeah, more of that. 
is what I would say. More of that, please. That's what that's what we want to see. So nothing else. Nothing else news-wise. Nothing else newsworthy. Quite weak. Well, there we go. Sometimes it's a busy week. Sometimes horses get punched, and other weeks they don't. So there's that. Well, we here at uh, at the football podcast send our love to uh, Stuart Woodmancy. Get well soon, sir. We miss you. And we here send our love to you, the listener, and indeed the watcher. And uh, we will see you next week. We will see you next time for more football predictions, football reviews, and football news. Until then, it's goodbye from these lovely gentlemen. Goodbye from me. And we'll catch you next time. See ya! So there you go, what do you think to that? Another one done, another week of games gone, another week of games to come. Very exciting times ahead, plenty of football to look forward to. Big thank you to Matt for joining us. Um, hi Stu, hope you're feeling better soon. Whilst I've got you, that last little bit is to ask you to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Jump over to thecookiecast.com, check us out over there, see what we got going on. And, uh, yeah, that's probably about it. Right, that's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then.